biggest dicks in history. Well, welcome back, everyone, to The Biggest Dicks in History, where we talk about exactly that, the biggest dickheaded people in history. I am William. And I am Dustin. And today we are going to be covering dick actors. As Dustin did mention in the previous episode, though, not porn dicks, unfortunately. I mean, that was way easier research, but... Yeah. It's also just fun, like, recreation. It does matter. Yeah. I was just going to look at Ron Jeremy. Not even to research, just look at him for a very long time. Um, all right. Since uh, you went first last time, uh, would you mind if I threw my hat in the ring early this time? I don't mind at all. All right. Well, I am going to be covering someone so notorious that everyone they worked with stopped talking to them. I am talking about the great, but the not at this point late... William Shatner. And I do promise this is the last William I'll do for a while. But William Shatner, um, if anyone doesn't understand or doesn't remember, William Shatner was Captain Kirk on the original Star Trek series. Uh, so a bit about him. Um, he was born March 22nd, April, or, uh, Mar- uh, March 22nd, 1931 in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So, I mean, right there, strike against him for being Canadian. I mean, you know. It's not that us Americans hate more than Canadians, right? Yeah, but I thought Canadians were supposed to be nice. Yeah, well, maybe he had a lot of English blood in him. Um, he was a child performer on radio programs for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, which the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation pretty much is the media for Canada. Um, there's actually some really funny Rick Moranis uh, Saturday Night Live um, behind-the-scenes stuff uh, where he reminisces about uh, the Canadian Broadcasting corporation but i'll step away from that we're talking about shatner uh he spent his college summers at mcgill university performing with the royal mount theater company which is probably like the most canadian name for anything ever true and in 1952 he graduated and he graduated from that and he joined the national repertoire the national repertory theater of ottawa and I don't know why I said Ottawa like that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know if this is like a French Canadian province or? Uh... I didn't. I, I don't know. I can Google that if you want me to. <laughs> oh, no. I was just um, curious. Okay. Um, knowing Shatner, um, he doesn't have the vocal flair of like the French Canadian area. So I'm going to assume no. I, I can't argue with that. <laughs> And here's a fun thing. He made his uh, first film appearance in The Brothers Karamazov with Yul Brenner. Is that the Canadian version of The Brothers Grimm? <laughs> I've been thinking, or, or it's the Canadian version of the Russian ver- version of The Brothers Grimm. Yeah, that sounds about right. And to the biggest point, Shatner officially joined the crew of the Enterprise uh, on the series Star Trek uh, in September of 1966 in the episode The Man Trap, which actually isn't the first episode. The first episode was actually the pilot, which was rejected, so it wasn't aired, which did not have Shatner as captain. It Hmm. did, however, have a man who played Jesus. Um, So I guess that guy is, you know... Good enough 
to be Jesus, but there's like a special category you have to be in to be a starship captain. Interesting. He did appear he did appear later in a wheelchair where all he could do was beep. So kind of off topic, but if the pilot was rejected, how did why did they continue filming? Why did they get different actors? Uh just the captain, actually. Everyone else is the same as far as I understand. And um it w- it wasn't so much uh that it was rejected like they were rejecting the series, they just rejected the pilot episode. Like they're like, yeah, we like this series, but we don't want this as the first episode. And so they rewrote and reshot and did a different thing with Shatner as captain. Huh. Maybe I just don't know enough about it, but it I like I can't think of any any time a pilot has been shot down and like I don't know. Maybe I'm just ignorant, but I've never heard of that. Yeah, it, it did strike me as a little weird, uh, and I tried to find more about it. But most, if you try, if you start talking about like the canceled Star Trek pilot um, or rejected Star Trek pilot and everything like that, it gets murky. Um, some of the information says no, it wasn't rejected. They just didn't like the captain, and other people saying it was completely rejected and they wanted a different episode. There's all kinds of stuff. Unfortunately, with a lot of Star Trek fandom, shit gets murky because um, them Trekkies, man, especially the original Trekkies, they like to fight. I don't know what it is, but man, they got they got fisticuffs up all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like Star Wars fans. I say this all the time, but nobody hates Star Wars like Star Wars fans. Yeah. Oh, I, as a Star Wars fan, I can totally admit to that. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, I'm going to talk a little bit about what is Star Trek. So fans know it very well, um, but the importance of Star Trek is, for non- Star Trek fans. Uh, Star Trek was created by Gene Roddenberry. Um, he was a terrible person, but he was a great idealist. Uh, and he wrote it to help uh, show what a more socially enlightened human race could be, um, depicting multiple races, men and women, in important positions of power in society and on starships. So basically a, a brighter future for how we exist as people together. Um, and that was the, uh, the basic idea behind Star Trek, besides the whole fact of being in space. So now to Shatner being a dick. Now, there are tons of stories. I do highly suggest jump on a- your favorite search engine, which if it's not Google, I'm surprised. Uh, but jump on your favorite search engine, search Shatner being a dick. There are tons and tons of stories. And I stuck with some of the more broad ones because there are, is some conjecture with some of the more specific. But there are oodles and oodles and oodles and oodles of stories of Shatner being a complete asshole to everyone around him. The best ones are get on Reddit and look at fan stories about meeting him at Comic-Con and shit like that. He's just, well, a dick. <laughs> yeah, you can you can go down that Reddit rabbit hole really quickly looking at like fan stories about people meeting celebrities. It's pretty great. Um, so Shatner, the Star Trek episode Plato's uh, Plato's stepchild, or Plato's stepchildren, excuse me. Wow, Stephen's going to kill me for getting that wrong. Uh, Plato's stepchildren uh, was written with the first interracial kiss between fictional characters ever to appear on television. That is what it was written with. N- there had not been an interracial kiss openly broadcast on network television as of this point. The scene was originally written to have Enterprise's second-in-command, Spock, good old Leonard Nimoy, one of my favorite people ever, um, Spock to kiss the communications officer Uhura, played by Nichelle Nichols, who I personally maintain is one of the most beautiful actresses in sci-fi history. I will fight tooth and nail over that. Fucking Nichelle Nichols is hot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> according to uh, according to Nichols, 
this is a quote from her. My understanding is Bill Shatner took one look at the sc- one looked at the scene and said, "No, you will not. If anyone is going to be part of the first interracial kiss in television history, it's going to be me." So they rewrote it to have Captain Kirk kiss Ohura instead of Spock. Some of the television clue- crew claimed that Shatner's reasoning was that commanding uh, the commanding officer should be the character to perform such a historic scene and not the second in command. So basically, a uh, it's good to be the king kind of moment with Shatner being captain. Yeah, that has nothing to do with why the scene was important. I don't know. Besides I- the fact... Besides the fact that someone else besides me got to kiss the insanely hot circa 1950s-60s Uhura. (laughs) Yeah, I I can just imagine him saying, if anyone's going to kiss the blackie, it's going to be me. And I'm sure, knowing the time and how arrogant he was, he probably threw something like that. There are tons of stories about potential comments he may have made behind scenes, but those aren't substantiated, unfortunately. It's all conjecture. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I have no proof of any of that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Don't sue us, Shatner. We're just we're joking around, buddy. This is all in good fun. Hey. Uh, <laughs> uh, now the story goes that NBC did not want to air such a scene and wrote a non-interracial kiss scene instead. This is this is true stories. Uh, Drunk History, uh, to mention them again, they actually covered this story. Um, but Shatner and the writers convinced NBC executives to let them film both scenes starting with the Uhura kiss. So basically it's like, okay, well, fine. We'll, we'll film both to see which is better, but let us film this one first. Then Shat- Shatner uh, kept asking to try the kiss over and over again, <laughs> take after take, until they ran out of filming time and had to get the footage to the editor so it could make it to air in time. So basically Shatner ran out the clock. Hmm. Shatner officially found a way to bitch his way into stealing one of television history's biggest events through bitching that the captain should do it and then literally running out film stock until they couldn't have it happen any other way. Wow. Yeah. Rather dubious. It is. And there are some people that claim that uh, uh, Shatner was right in line with Nichelle Nichols uh, and uh, some of the writers saying, like, you know, this is this is big for television history. You know, we need to get this on. Uh, you know, on television, but I think it was a power play by Shatner because he knew that the limelight from such an event would go to him. What a dick. Right? Uh, now, due to Shatner's overall behavior, this is this is a great one that shows you uh, how ridiculous some people can be. Uh, due to Shatner's overall behavior on the set, Nichelle Nichols was actually getting ready to leave the show after feeling like she just had enough of him. This is just him generally being an asshole, just a prima donna, um, you know, talking over people, just, you know, barely showing up, acting all arrogant on set. If it wasn't for a chance encounter with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., the king, the man, where he explained that he loved the show and how he felt her role was helping to show equality was possible for humanity. Because Ohura's character as a communications officer, like, that was an important role, as well as her, not only as a woman, but as a black person, had power on the ship. She had authority. She was an important member of the crew. And Martin Luther King felt that that was powerful to speak to. It's like, hey, see, you know, here's this black woman. She's in control of the communications for a starship. 
like yeah. you know like like it was a it was a sense of equality a sense of of championing that thought for everybody which is awesome um i am super glad he convinced her to stay on very uh very very powerful powerful message with that so it's just sad though that it took martin luther king to convince nichelle nichols to stay on the show right like if you're such a dick that only one of the most historically important people for human rights ever had to convince you to stay on a show <laughs> or had to convince someone to stay on the show with you. I mean, like that's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm sure she's glad she stayed though. Well, the show ended up for running only three seasons, but yeah, it got several films. Um, it's still wholly popular through sci-fi fans. Um, I consider myself a Trekkie. I'm, I'm not the dress up and go to conventions Trekkie, but Star Trek comes on the TV. I will get distracted and I will sit down and watch it. Faux show. Faux show. Now, space babe Nichelle Nichols wasn't the only cast member to have major issues with Shatner either. As Star Trek was riding its tachyon wave of fame, Star Trek pun, Leonard Nimoy, who played Spock, was receiving tons of fan mail in response to his performance, a lot of which came from lady fans. Oh, Shatner was extremely jealous of this and was even pissed about the writer's choice to let uh, the character of Spock resolve the conflict in many of the episodes. Leonard Nimoy stated as such. This is from Leonard Nimoy. A major area of conflict was Bill's concern that Spock was getting ahead of Kirk in terms of problem solving. Bill was worried that Kirk would seem unintelligent by contrast. And, was, and so lines of dialogue that had originally and logically been Spock's soon became Kirk's. Wow. And so that just shows you how much of a dick he is. He's like, well, he's the second in command and he's solving all the problems. Okay, Star Trek lore here. Vulcans are fucking smart. So it makes sense that a Vulcan would figure out a lot of the tension in the episodes. It wasn't because Kirk was stupid. He was actually a brilliant tactician, but Spock was just more logical. His whole point, the whole character of Spock was to look at things sheer logic, straightforward. Here we go. You know, this is this is how things are running, you know, A plus B plus C. Where Kirk was the, you know, I'm going to get my fists up and I'm going to punch somebody, Captain, who was good in a fight, you know. And, and I feel like those two characters work well together because you have the logical second officer who has enough trust and power in his captain to sway his opinion when he needs to. But otherwise, the captain's like ready for a rumble. You know, he's like the tough guys, you know, suave, like, let's let's do this. You know, I'm, I'm a nice guy, but don't piss me off. That's how they're written. So I, I'm surprised the writers and the showrunner and directors like let him kind of dictate all that stuff because he's kind of destroying their creative vision. It's surprising to me. Yeah, and I wasn't able to find a whole ton of how Shatner was able to sway so much stuff. Um, I do have a point in here uh, actually coming up right now that explains a little bit of it, but there were a lot of times I found I found instances that people were talking about. It. It's like, how did Shatner get anyone to even agree to that? So I'm almost wondering if this was a, you know, give the dog a bone kind of situation, and they were really just trying to get him to shut up and get on stage and do his blocking, mm. you know? Yeah. Because, you know, by the time he became a prima donna and he acted like he ran everything, the show was really popular. So they couldn't really get rid of Captain Kirk. Maybe that's how he had power. I'm not super sure. Hey, if you know exactly why, please let us know. Uh, contact us via Anchor FM and we will gladly hear your fan rant about how Shatner was so powerful on set. You can also hit us up at biggestdickspodcast at gmail.com. I did my research and I found our email. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> I I actually forgot to uh to remind myself of it. Um again, please no dick pics, but you can send boobs. Send us your boobs. So Shatner was even known for stealing lines from other characters while filming if he felt that the line stolen uh, was important to the character of the captain. Uh, this was especially true for the character of Spock. Basically, Shatner felt that since Kirk was captain, the ship should revolve around him. In other words, everyone was a cast member, but he was the star. Uh-huh. So just think of like, you, you've seen uh, Tootsie, right? I have not. Oh, classic film. Well, uh, so Tootsie's all about a male actor who dresses up like a woman and uh, plays a female role on a soap opera. No no one knowing that she's actually a man. Um, Dustin Hoffman, but, right? Dustin Hoffman, yes. But basically, so the character um, that he plays in that, uh, while on set, she would just kind of jump in and make up her own lines or kind of steal, steal the show um, because Dustin Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman's character as an actor was a little bit arrogant, you know, wanted to kind of steal the show in the beginning, at least. And I, I assume Shatner's a little like that. He's like, well, I'm the star. Look at me. I, no one can see right now, but I have my hands on, on my, on my rib cage a little higher than my hips. And I'm doing like a, I'm doing like an arms akimbo kind of dance here. Like those sunflowers in Mario brothers. Yeah. A little bit of sway <laughs> back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got a thing going on. It's pretty cool. <laughs> you all, you all missed out on something great, but it doesn't end there. George Takei. Um, who is one of my absolute favorite people of all time. Not only does George Takei have the world's most amazing voice, he is an, he is a huge supporter and activist for human rights. He is probably one of the most cool people to his fans. Uh, Steven shows me stuff he sends out on Twitter, Twitter and things like that. He's just a funny guy. He seems like the coolest guy you ever want to hang out with, right? George Takei was not exempt from the well-known feuds uh, Shatner had with his castmates. Shatner reportedly barely acknowledged that Takei was even part of the show, although Takei's character Sulu had similar screen time to the rest of the crew. Um, he really did. Most of the, the, the bridge crew, I guess you could say, everyone on the bridge of the, of the Enterprise, because, you know, things were more simple back then. You know, it was like five, six people is usually like your, your cast base for a show. All of them had about equal screen time there was of course more captain kirk and spock because that's the captain and the second in command but everyone had a pretty good amount of screen time george decay his character sulu not being apart from that and because of that as the animosity grew the communication stopped uh decay and shatner did not get along barely spoke when they did speak it was a fight and shatner even changed the script of star trek 5 so that Sulu wouldn't would no longer be in command of a ship. He was originally scripted to be in command of his own ship. And Shatner was like, nope. Because Shatner was a huge part of Star Trek V. If I remember correctly, he was the director. I'll have to look that up again. Uh-huh. And so that's that's a huge thing to do. Because it literally meant nothing except for the character. But just as a jab. Um, there's a, even a huge story of uh, George Takei uh, talking about how Shatner got super pissed off. He he actually did a video post where he went on this tirade about how he wasn't invited to Takei's wedding. Even though he was a total dick to Takei anyway. And then Takei, who I really honestly think is honest, said, no, we sent him an invitation. He just never responded. Yeah, I believe that. And with that, their feud apparently grew so bad that in the 2006 Comedy Central roast of Shatner, Takei's speech played out as a not-so-joking not monologue of his hatred for his former co-star, ending with the comment, 
fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> I'll I wait, to... I can do a better I can do a better decay. Okay. Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. That was pretty good. It was an okay decay. I'll have to look that up. <laughs> that sounds awesome. It his whole his whole speech uh at Shatner's roast is fantastic i watched the shatner roast a little bit after it it aired um because i had to get it via other means i wasn't able to see it you know when it aired i've seen funnier roasts to be honest but you could tell everyone fucking hates the guy but takei is unabashed he's just like you let me on stage buddy here it goes (laughs) that's awesome um altogether shatner was so hard to work with that by the end nimoy nichols takei duhan Koenig and Kelly all stopped talking to him. Oh, and he even went after J.J. Abrams about the new Star Trek movies um, because uh, I guess J.J. Abrams claims that Shatner was kind of poking around wanting them to be more Shatner-centric. And uh, Shatner is claiming he wasn't even ever contacted about the new movies, which, again, I kind of believe J.J. Abrams. Yeah, I don't. he doesn't have a reason to lie about that. Yeah, and they, they brought Nimoy back to play future Spock, so clearly they wanted some of the old cast. Yeah. So, and really, honestly, Shatner, if, if it is true that uh, Abrams did not contact you about the new Star Trek films, it's probably because you pissed so many people off. I'm just going to put it out there. You know, be yeah. like Nimoy. Make, be like Nimoy and Takei. Make friends. People get you back. <laughs> or, or just be smoking hot like Nichelle Nichols. You could do that, too. I I'm gonna get in so much trouble <laughs> for saying all that. <laughs> so, so that's that's my sh- that's the shat I took on Shatner. Um, now, again, he didn't do anything horrible to history. He didn't hurt anybody that I know of. Um, but he was an awful person to work with to the point that multiple co-stars never spoke to him again or didn't recognize reconcile with him until much later in their lives. So. You know, I will say he is a big dick, but I'm saying like seven and a half with a half chub. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say around there, seven-ish, you know. Yeah, with a half chub. <laughs> because if, if it shows by how much of a prima donna he became, he's a grower, not a shower. What a dick. Well, that was my dick. Let's hear all about your dick, Dustin. My dick is bearded and hairy. And he goes by the name of Jared Leto. Uh, Henceforth, though, I'm going to refer to him as Jared Leto because he hates it when people mispronounce his name. And I'm not a big fan of his. (laughs) So so it's not Leto? It is not Leto. It's Leto. Oh, okay. Well, so he's Jared Leto. He doesn't like being called Leto. A Leto deck is on a ship, and he's a dick, so he's Leto dick. Yeah, he's he's poop deck. Something about a poop deck. Um, so a lot of my quote unquote research came from firsthand accounts, like from Reddit, uh, people talking about meeting him in person or seeing him live or whatever. Cause he's also, he's an actor, but he's also the singer of the band 30 seconds to Mars. So some of my research, uh, one of his fans was talking on Reddit about how they went to a concert and this girl didn't know all the lyrics uh, to whatever song he was singing. And I don't know if he like handed her the mic to sing and she didn't know the words or what. Either way, she didn't know the words and he gave her the middle finger 
What? Just like, to a fan? Yeah. You don't know my song? Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and there are uh, several first-hand account stories like that of him cursing at or berating fan members like live. Like, oh, you guys, fuck, fuck you guys. You don't have enough energy, blah, blah, blah. Like, whatever it might be. But there are a lot of accounts of this happening. Um, and I think probably most famously when he was playing the Joker for Suicide Squad, he messed with the rest of the cast quite a bit because he's quote unquote a um, method actor. And so he likes to stay in character whenever he's on set. And so he sent his co-stars strange gifts such as a live rat, anal beads and used condoms kind of to <laughs> to personify being the Joker. It doesn't make sense to me, but... Yeah, well, even with the Suicide Squad Joker, because I will maintain that the Suicide Squad Joker is the worst Joker ever written. Actually, you know what? No, Suicide Squad is the only bad Joker ever written. It doesn't... Even with that, it doesn't seem like a Joker thing to do. Like, maybe the live rat, but, like, not the anal beads and the used condoms. That just seems like... Well, kind of like be just being a dick. Yeah, it's it's just a dick move. It has nothing to do with. Uh, it, it's not like terrorism. It's just it's just gross and weird. Uh, you also well, we, go ahead. Oh, so, sorry. I, I was just gonna say when you're a method actor too, you're method acting while you're there, on set. I mean, you know, Jim Carrey does a lot of this. You know, uh, Nicholson, right? Yeah, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson does yep. it, did it a ton, but like you do that while you're on set, you don't send people shit, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey, what was that? There's that documentary on Netflix about when he played Man in the Moon as Andy Kaufman. Do you remember the name of the documentary? I don't know the name of the documentary. I just know the the film where he portrayed Andy Kaufman was Man in the Man on the Moon. Um, otherwise, I don't know the documentary. Jim and Andy is what it's called. So there's a documentary on Netflix called Jim and Andy uh, about Jim Carrey portraying Andy Kaufman in the movie Man on the Moon. But that's another story of an actor who was just a total dick on set because they were because Jim Carrey was method acting. So he was showing up drunk and like driving drunk on set and running into trailers and and all sorts of crazy stuff. But. He at least has remorse for that and was like, you know, like I I probably could have dialed it back a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so uh on that same sort of tangent, uh back to Jared Leto, uh he hired a henchman to bring in a pig carcass. This was at their first table read. He hired a quote-unquote henchman to come in, bring a dead pig. And just leave it there and walk out. Like, <laughs> how is that? How is that a Joker thing? I don't. It doesn't make sense. It's just an inconvenience to so many people. It would have been a more Jokery thing if he just like he came in really dark and brooding and just like threw a Joker playing card under the table. And then when they told him to pick up his script, made a joke about how they can't tell him what to do. Like that. That would be a Joker thing. Yeah, maniacal laughing. You know clownish evil um bringing in a pig carcass is just either something you do right before a badass barbecue at a luau <laughs> or if you're a legit farmer and you just slaughtered it those are the two times you should really only be like 
toting around a pig carcass just cause. Yeah. And especially don't rent people to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's just so weird. And also on the set of Suicide Squad, he insisted that everyone call him Mr. J. He wouldn't respond to Jared or or anything else. He insisted people call him Mr. J. Uh, which is incorrect because the only person who calls him Mr. J is Harley Quinn, who would probably be more apt to call him Puddin before Mr. J. Um, but no, that's Batman lore. I should step away from that. <laughs> uh, my 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 point being, that's not again not a Joker thing to do. Yeah, and um, I wasn't able to find anything specific, but I know he had similar stories from Blade Runner, and if you have any of those, please feel free to tell them. Uh, the the ones, because uh, I know I mentioned that to you, but the ones I saw were just like articles that popped up here and there about just people on the set of Blade Runner just really kind of being freaked out by him. Because again, he was method acting. Yeah. Um, and the character he portrayed in Blade Runner was, you know, the, uh, I forgot the character's name, but, you know, he headed up the company that's currently making replicants. Uh, and he was a very odd character and a lot of people. Yeah. I guess just a lot on set. A lot of people just super creeped out by him. Like he just wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't be like, okay, cut. And he's like, cool. Let's get, you know, let's get lunch. Everybody, you know, he wouldn't (laughs) just normal out. Yeah. And that's, uh, he, he kind of gives off a vibe from what I understand based on all of my authentic Reddit research, but just a lot of people that met him. And like got to hang out with him personally. It was like, yeah, he's a, he's a pretty creepy dude. Like he's unabashedly hitting on fifteen year olds and uh, you know like touching people inappropriately. And 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 I don't know if any of this is true, but it's people claiming that they met him. And you know, I judging by the way he acts, I I'm kind of leaning toward believing those things. Like here, I'll share. So I'm gonna share my screen with you here. This is a picture of an actual dried human ear that Jared Leto was sent uh, from a fan. Dang. Now, here's here's the now that's a fucked up fan. Here's the part where Jared Leto I think is fucked up. He loves this fucking thing. <laughs> and wears it like a necklace. Oh god. That's fucking weird. <laughs> oh, and speaking of crazy fans or well he actually didn't get into who it was or why they had his number, but he uh, claimed he kept getting strange calls from this one number. Maybe it was like someone he was trying to ghost or or a crazy fan or whatever. But for whatever reason, he put their phone number on Twitter and told the quote-unquote echelon, which I'm assuming is what he calls his fans or something. I'm not sure. But he told the echelon to harass the hell out of that person and he has upward he has like over two million twitter followers yeah and probably a good portion of that being i'm assuming diehard fans which would gladly do whatever he said yeah that's crazy well it just shows you how much of a dick he is too that he has a name for his fans like i don't know to me that's one of the most pretentious things ever that you have a specific terminology for just your fans yeah you know like like people calling people calling insane clown posse fans juggalos which i know they like referring to themselves as juggalos but still like having having that name even i'll even go so far as saying like i hate how good mythical morning calls theirs fans the mythical beast because like it's like a it's such a statement of ownership over those people 
that it's like, oh, well, you're mine. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like me. It's like me going to all three of the people who follow Stephen and I on YouTube and being like, you are the William Minions. <laughs> Because Getty has the word minions in it. I can see that. <laughs> and I just have one other little example of him being a dick. Uh, this is someone, again, from Reddit, uh, given their personal experience of meeting him. But this guy worked as an usher at a movie theater. And this was back in 2005. Jared Leto comes in, and the usher asked him for his ticket. Jared Leto can't find his movie ticket that he presumably just bought so the usher is like well i need to see your ticket bro and so since he can't find his ticket he just spills his popcorn on the on the feet of this usher like just such a such a nonsensical reaction such a dick move yeah it's it's like childish especially for someone who has the money to be like i lost my ticket but you know what i'm fucking rich bitch i'm gonna go buy another nine dollar ticket yeah and that was in 2005, so tickets back then were like six bucks. Come on. I'm not a fan of his. That's why I've never seen Suicide Squad, and I never will. You don't need to. It's pretty <laughs> bad. Although, I do have to say, we do owe Suicide Squad a little bit, because Birds of Prey is actually really, really well done. DC finally did something right, and especially making Harley Quinn correct again in the way Harley Quinn should act and be and her personality. You know what? Here, i that's a tiny little golf clap for DC getting Birds of Prey right. <laughs> because no, I, I I legit love Birds of Prey. Like the it was actually insanely well done. But that's just another tangent. <laughs> okay. I mean, we want to talk about movies. You you know what happens when you get me started about movies. I'll go on all fucking day. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I ain't got nowhere to be. So what would you say this dude is inches wise? He is textbook chode. He is. Three inches long, but he's like twenty inches round. Okay, so he's got like a he's got like a like a uh, stump dick going on. Yeah, he makes a big impact, but he's a little man. I see what you're saying. And it smells bad. <laughs> I've decided. <Yep. laughs> De- definitely some smegma going on. Ugh, smegma. Do you want to move on to our honorable unmentionables? Because I have one that is a very good honorable unmentionable because it involves unmentionables let's do it all right well um i didn't want to go into this fully but i have chosen gwyneth paltrow as my honorable unmentionable because she will be from right now our first lady dick but for a few reasons um she puts on an image of being super nice um but tons of people uh, a lot like jared leto and and you know shatner and, and everyone else out there a lot of people um both in the media as well as fans of me her think she's just kind of kind of a bitch and she's gotten worse as the years have gone, gone on she was even dubbed once by star magazine as the most hated celebrity in hollywood uh in 2013 she just kind of acts very pretentious and arrogant um she's she's kind of like above everybody uh she was once even um stated as saying uh she'd rather die than let her child eat a cup of noodle i i'm assuming she it says she said cup of soup but i'm assuming she meant cup of noodle because everyone knows it's fucking cup of noodle (laughs) um and by the way how pretentious is she cup of noodle is amazing that's like a treat i don't understand that and she even once stated that she doesn't break up she consciously uncouples 
Which sounds more like what your dog does when you take it to stud. <laughs> yeah, I'm too good for words. Um, I have my own words for what I do. To show even so much how, uh, or not how, but why she's my honorable unmentionable, she was even so full of herself to make something full of herself. She created and sold, which these sold out immediately, but she created and sold a candle by the title... This smells like my vagina. Does it really? And honestly, you know what? I don't think I would want a candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, no matter how good it smelled. <laughs> because a pretentious vagina is still a pretentious vagina, no matter the scent. And it shouldn't just be in candle form. Candles? I mean, come on. Yeah, it should be a spray. Yeah, like one of those. Well, since she's so pretentious, it should be like those Hollywood aqua mist things where it's just compressed air and water in a <laughs> yeah. bottle. <laughs> excuse me i need to miss <laughs> a can of face water can of face water yeah do you have an honorable unmentionable i do uh it'll be really quick i have one extreme example of this guy just being a real prick uh i'm talking about steven seagal um, and he was notoriously difficult to work with. Lauren Michaels even once said that he was the worst SNL host ever. Wow. Um, he was very rude to stuntmen. He was known for kicking them in the balls because he thought it was hilarious. Isn't that, isn't that assault? <laughs> it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy what he got away with. And, and this is the, this is the worst thing. He's hospitalized several stunt workers, but this is the worst example. He showed up late to set, and he was in a bad mood, and uh, they had this stunt where he was going to throw someone headfirst into a cabinet, and there was a specific way you had to do that because only parts of the cabinet were designed to break. But since he showed up to the show or showed up to the set late, he refused to practice the stunt. And then when, when it came time to film it, he threw the stuntman into the wrong part of the cabinet, uh, which is a part that wasn't designed to break. He broke the stuntman's jaw, and he lost most of his teeth. The stuntman? Yeah. Lost most of his teeth? Jesus Christ. And he went... Seagal, what the hell, man? Yeah, he's he's had to go through several surgeries. He never pressed charges or anything. But the worst part is... Steven Seagal just left. He just left the set. Didn't apologize. Didn't say anything to him. He just left. So so he th he throws a human being into a prop incorrectly, shatters them basically face down. Yeah, breaks his jaw, and he lost most, most of his teeth. Yeah, not a tooth, not some teeth, most of his teeth. And... And the guy doesn't press charges, and and even worse, you just wander off. Like I've I've had those awkward friends that you're like, hey guys, quit dicking around, and they like knock over your TV or something, <laughs> and they're super embarrassed, so they just like pack up and leave. But like that's like you know expensive or not, that's like a chunk of property. That's not your face. Yeah. I mean, I I'm super sure that you know if you and me were doing some stunt for a video or something, and like you threw me wrong, and I was bleeding to death out of the front of my head. You would probably try to come to my aid in some fashion, or at least call someone over who can help me. But to just leave? Absolutely. And at the very least, I would say, my bad. Yeah. Or how would, how would Seagal say it? He'd, be like, he'd probably be like, 
Oh, sorry. I mean, throw you that way. <laughs> That's what I'm assuming. So I, I watched a Seagal movie. It was like a vampire Seagal movie, which he wasn't in until the last 15 minutes, even though he was top build. And that's how he sounded the whole movie. He's like, oh, there's vampires. Gonna come vampires. <laughs> we got to get out of here. There's vampires everywhere. And then he had a samurai sword in the movie, but he never swung his arms. He just rotated his torso <laughs> and and cut vampires that way. Uh, I, I don't understand how he ever got so famous. He's not good at anything. He really was always just a, in my opinion, a B-grade action movie star. Um, and that's not an insult. It's fine to be a B grade action movie star because there's some really fun B grade action movies. But he's been in so many things, and he even makes like he produces his own, or he has produced several of his own like sci fi action movies that are just really really dry and bad. And it, it seems like like you're saying like how do you how do you get there? Because you have people like like I don't see you know I don't see Red Brown going around producing action movies and. And acting, acting amazing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. But that's all I got about Steven Seagal. All right. Um, I, I do have, actually, just a real quick one. He's not really an actor. Um, but did you ever watch the show Man vs. Food? Yeah. So that guy, Adam Richman, who, if you haven't seen the show, hosted a show called Man vs. Food where he went around the country and did, like, extreme eating competitions at restaurants, like, eat this, you know, 32-ounce steak in half an hour and with all these mashed potatoes and blah, 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 and you get a free T-shirt. He went on the went around the country doing those types of uh, competitions. But at some point, he lost a bunch of weight like 70 pounds or something like that. And he posted on Twitter something with the hashtag Thinspiration. And one of his fans uh, replied to him and was like, you know, that's it's kind of insensitive because a lot of people, I don't know, a lot of people like have trouble with that hashtag and, you know, it's not good for their self-esteem, blah, 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 blah. And, and as far as I know, the fan wasn't being a dick about it. It was just kind of trying to bring it to his attention. And yeah. he replied to them, kill yourself. Nobody will miss you. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's coming in a little hot for, I mean, even if they were a dick, that's coming in real hot. Yeah. So that's, I thought I'd mention that because I was like, Jesus, like I used to, I thought that guy was all right. Admittedly, though, that is my response every time I go through a drive through and, you know, they, they tell me it's going to be a long wait. I just immediately go there <laughs> tell them to kill themselves nobody yeah, nobody will like, miss you they're like oh one of our friars is down it's gonna take a little bit kill yourself <laughs> nobody will miss you i'm not really talking to them i'm just like talking to the idea of having to wait for a wendy's spicy chicken sandwich oh yeah well you don't have chili ready fuck this kill yourself <laughs> some fucking curly fries all right well on that note i think uh is there anything else you want to say will no, I think I'm pretty uh, pretty well wrapped up. We took a, took a Shitner all over Shatner, and we Lido decked Leto, so... Shit, shit Shatner. All right, well, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, praise, hate mail, please send it to biggestdickspodcast at gmail.com. As always, like, comment, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us out, and we appreciate all of you listeners, all, all, all two or three of you. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, we'll go uh, out to our our uh, the the lovely ladies in our lives. You know, th- big thank you to you for you know uh, doubling our fan base. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Bye. Be do send us your boobs though. Oh, please, all the boobs. Biggest dicks in history.